Excellent. You can be seated this morning. A very, very Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. We're so glad that you've come out this morning and uh, we're also excited that we could have our online congregation running this morning for those who, for one reason or another, uh, couldn't. Somebody left their phone on here. Whose is this? Anybody want a phone? Anybody want a phone? Is that yours, Ruth? Oh, okay. There we go. Hey, a warm welcome, and as we approach Christmas um, time and Christmas Day, a really, really big Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. However you're going to be celebrating Christmas, we pray that it's a meaningful one, a time of family, a time of friendship, a time of rest for those that need that. But also, I want to just share for a few moments this morning on making room for Christ in Christmas. Because we know as believers, and maybe you're a visitor today and you've never heard this, that Christmas is all about that baby born in a manger. That sometimes we can expect from the festival of Christmas things that the festival can never give us. It's like when you want a race car but you find yourself sitting in a Kia Picanto. You put your foot down and everything you want to be there isn't there. That's what sometimes Christmas is for people that they can have disappointment in Christmas time. And sometimes it's simply because they were expecting too much from the festival and not enough from the one who it's all about. This Christmas time, let's enjoy the wrapping, the tinsel, all of the things that go along with Christmas. But let's pay extra special attention to the one that Christmas is all about. You know, sometimes people face an element of disappointment that moment they've opened their presents and they're like, what's next? Other people, it's the moment it crosses from Christmas Day into Boxing Day. Oh, are we done now? But I believe there's no disappointment when we make the essence of Christmas all about the Christ and not the mass or the mess for those that have to clean up after their children on Christmas Day. Christmas is about Jesus Christ born in a manger, the greatest gift that could ever be given, a gift that saves us, a gift that restores us. Now, I love a lot of the trimmings about Christmas, don't you? I'm not Captain Killjoy, I'm not the Grinch today, I'm not saying, just make it about Jesus. No, when we celebrate something, there's always good things to the celebration, Times of friendship, times of hanging out, times of rest, time off work, time of opening presents. But let's always keep our focus on what Christmas is all about. One of the things I love about Christmas is carols. And I think as I'm getting older, carols are becoming more valuable to me. I love that magical moment where we're gathered together and we're singing carols, and we're just taking a moment in the busyness of Christmas, and yeah, there's going to be presents, yeah, there's going to be food, and yeah, there's going to be turkey, and there's Christmas tree, but like, I love all of the stuff that comes with Christmas. But to me, Christmas is never a letdown, because I make what Christmas is about always the central thing. That baby born in a manger that was the Son of God. 
So I'm a real carol singer, how are you? Not that I go out on the streets carol singing, but the thought of coming this morning and joining together, and I know a little bit later we're going to be singing a final classic carol, but I love carol times. I love that moment where we're singing carols about what Christmas is about. Some of my favourite carols would be O Holy Night, love O Holy Night, love the way that Gabby ministered that song to us a little bit earlier. I love that word, fall on your knees, just, you know, oh, holy night. But I also love Hark the Herald Angels Sing. That's another classic one in my Christmas repertoire when we begin to declare Hark the Herald Angels Sing and Joy to the World. All of these songs that we sing at Christmas, I really enjoy. I prefer some of the carols to some of the modern songs. Now, when I'm driving down the road and I'm hearing... Merry Christmas, everyone, Shaking Stevens, or other people singing songs around Christmas. They don't excite my heart. I'm a real carol person. Why? Because there's a difference between songs about Christmas and declarations about Jesus Christ being born in a manger. I love some of the old carols, and I don't know if that's because I'm getting a little bit older myself now, but I think some of the ways that they were written, some of the words that are in some of the older carols are absolutely amazing. Born to save the sons of earth. Born to give a second birth. Some of the words that are in some of the older carols, it's a little bit different to Shaking Stevens, Merry Christmas, everyone. Why? Because we're focusing in, again, on the essence. Not that trimmings are wrong, things that we enjoy about Christmas are wrong. No, no, all is good. But it all makes perfect sense when you stop trying to get from a festival what you can only find in a person. Because Christmas has a festival, but it's not a festival. Christmas is a person. It's the story and the account of the expression of God's love for us when we so desperately needed him. So I love a number of carols. I'm sure you've got your favorites. But just for a few minutes this morning, I want to focus on another well-known one, which is uh, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Because in that song, O Little Town of Bethlehem, we celebrate the moment of Jesus being born, the essence of Christmas but also we think about the place that he was born. And when we sing this song, O Little Town of Bethlehem, it was written in the 19th century by a guy called Philip Brooks. I know there's probably someone that really wanted that information, so I provided it for you this morning. And it brings us to the setting of his birth. That moment, that epicenter of the moment over 2,000 years ago now, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born on earth. He came to seek and save those who were lost. Now, I want us to read this classic passage of Scripture from the book of Luke, chapter 2. And we read this most Christmases. But let's read it this morning together and just get a fresh picture, a fresh understanding of the true meaning of Jesus. How we desperately need as a society to let Jesus not just take his correct place in our Christmas time, but in our daily lives also. It says in verse 1, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. 
This was the first census that took place while Quinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem. It was about an 80-mile journey. And he returned to the town of David because he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, in the moment that they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes or swaddling clothing and placed him in a manger on the hay because there was no room for them in that place or in that inn. It's interesting when you read these verses that God chose the place of Bethlehem to be born. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't random instance. Rather, the Bible records through prophets, people who spoke many years ago, that Bethlehem was always going to be the place that Jesus Christ was born. The Son of God would come to earth. In Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it names the town of Bethlehem. He will be the saviour of the world. We'll be born in this little town called Bethlehem. You know, it's prophecy fulfilled, and I love that about God. God isn't making things up as he goes along. When it comes of saving the universe, but also your life, as you commit your life to Jesus daily, God's not making it up as he goes along. Rather, he's fitting everything perfectly into the moments that he saw for you before you were born. When they stepped into Bethlehem, it wasn't a random moment, but a place that had been ordained, a moment that was on God's calendar. So when we read through this story, this simple story of the birth of Jesus, there's so much that we could preach on. It's a preacher's dream because we could talk about Mary, how the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and she was able to reveal Jesus to the world. We could talk about the wise men, the magi. We could talk about the angels. We could talk about the shepherds. We could talk about a number of different things. We could talk about how, in many ways, they sensed what it was to be homeless. You know, people that are homeless today in our streets in England maybe think, what has God got that can relate to me? Well, in this moment, Mary and Joseph had nowhere to go. They had no way to live, and she was expecting a child. Also, God can help us to understand here he gets it when it comes to moments that don't seem ideal or could be complex. We know that Mary, the storyline of Mary was that she was expecting a child. The father wasn't Joseph, the father was God, but everyone was looking to Joseph as a man who had made her pregnant yet not married her yet. This was a very real, complex Situation that I believe gives people in different seasons of their lives the opportunity to understand that God relates to your life and your storyline. It was not convenient, but how many people know before the day of C sections, babies never came when it was convenient? They came when they wanted to come, they came in the appointed moment 
that they should be born. You know, today people can almost time sometimes the birth or the arrival of their child. But in this moment, Mary couldn't do that. It was inconvenient. She wasn't yet married. They were homeless. They were on their route going to the place that Joseph had originally come from to register his name. And in that moment, suddenly baby Jesus says, I'm going to be born right now. I know it's inconvenient. I know it doesn't fit with your schedule. I know it could, but I am going to... Is there any mums and dads that had a baby that came in moments where it could have been a better moment? This was what was happening in this little town of Bethlehem. We read in these passages that we've read the moment when Jesus decides to come and be born on the earth. But we also read in this incredible story, account of the birth of Jesus, that he was born in a barn, not a palace. And he was laid on hay as animals watched on. There was no royalty of palace. There was no silk sheets. There was an old barn and some hay for bedding. I don't know what they wrapped Jesus in. Pastor Stewart can probably tell you exactly what he was wrapped in. But me, I don't have that information for you today. But I know he was in an old barn that nobody wanted to stay in. He was in a manger instead of a royal cot. There were no silk sheets, just straw. But he was the son of God. I want to just zoom in just for a couple of moments today on this thought. The final statement that we read in verse 7. And he was born in a barn because there was no room for him at the inn. Those are interesting words, aren't they? I think now whoever owned the inns in that neighborhood would have loved to have had him been born there. Because they didn't realize that though this was a donkey carrying a mum and a dad and a, just another child, he wasn't another child. In fact, his birth in their hotel could have made their hotel very famous. But you see, they didn't want him because they didn't see the king. They didn't want him because they didn't see the significance. I think if you could have interviewed them a few years later, each of those hoteliers would have said, man, we missed that moment. Because a little barn in Bethlehem became eternal, everlastingly famous. And that could have been our hotel, that could have been our premier inn, our travel lodge. <laughs> Let me encourage you today that he was born in a place where he was welcome. He was born in the simplicity of a place that he was received. Many places, expensive hotels, castles, royal homes wouldn't receive him in that moment when he was born. So they didn't experience him being born in them. How does that relate to us today in the 21st century where we're not in Israel, we're not in Bethlehem, we're in Portsmouth, good old Portsmouth. Well, it's relevant to us today because you see, Jesus is still being born in places 
But it's no longer barns. It's people's hearts. And in the same way that some didn't want him and he couldn't be born there. There was this famous barn that no one else wanted. It was the last available option. But this barn welcomed him and received him in. The history of that barn changed. Everything about that barn changed. Oh, how Israel would love for that barn to still be there so it could be a part of the tourist trap of visiting Jerusalem and Bethlehem. But nobody knows where the barn is. Yet it's recorded in history. How does this relate to someone like myself, born in North End Avenue 56 years ago or so? Because today... I understand that God doesn't want his son born in the heart of a barn anymore. But in the hearts of people who want to receive him, not reject him. People who will welcome him in to be all that he needs to be and wants to be in our life. The good news is he's not coming to a palace and he's not looking for a palace. He's just looking for the open heart or open hearts of simple people, everyday people like you and me. Not that I'm calling you simple in some negative sense. That would be a very bad Christmas message. God is looking for simple people. But sometimes our lives, even with the complexities, they're just everyday, aren't they? Jesus delights to be born in the everyday life of people. He's not looking for a palace. He's looking for somewhere that he can be received. But also, this moment was crazy, wasn't it? There was homelessness. There was nowhere to be born. Joseph's doing his best to manage the moment. Mary's panting in those moments of of just about to give birth any moment. She's looking at Joseph. Joseph's going, I'm doing my best. It was... It was a crazy moment. I know that we dress it up with angels singing and a nice little star on top of the barn, but it must have been a crazy moment. Yet Jesus wasn't scared to be born into a crazy moment. Maybe your life at the moment is a little bit crazy, a little bit complex. Things aren't fitting. Things are going wrong. And maybe you would say, listen, when my life gets a little bit better, then I'll welcome Jesus to be born in my life. No, he wants to be born in the life you're living now. Because he wants to bring change to the life you're living now. He doesn't want you to modify your life to an expectation of what you think it can be. He says, let me come in to the craziness, that which is complex, that which is not right, that which is still... Let me come in because when Jesus comes in to a place and is born. Everything begins to change. Everything changed for that physical barn, wherever it was in that town of Bethlehem. But you know, when I look at my life, I can only speak for myself. I invited that Jesus 30 years ago plus now, to be born in my life. 
There was no bolts of lightning. There was no religious experience. Yet this I know. When I welcomed him in, in my brokenness, in the mess that I was living, this I know, he came. He came. He was born in me. And my life got better and better and better. So let me end by reading you a couple of verses today from that incredible, well-known Christmas carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. There's controversy over what tune we should sing. Let's not be bothered about that silliness. Some people say it has four verses. Others say it has five. Let's not get drawn into silly little arguments that don't really matter. Let's look for the content. Just as this Christmas time, as we enjoy the wrapping and the tinsel, the turkey, and all the other sideshows to what Christmas is, let's look to make sure that Jesus Christ has found his correct place. Not just in our Christmas, is everybody leaving? <laughs> I thought I was doing good. Let's make sure that this Jesus finds his correct place, not just in our Christmas, but in the center of our lives. So let me just close this Christmas Sunday message with verse 3 and verse 4 from this very famous Christmas carol. How silently, how silently... The wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. O holy child of Bethlehem, Descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Oh, be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us. Abide with us. Live in our everyday lives. Our Lord, Emmanuel. Would you close your eyes with me for a moment? May we take the opportunity just to welcome him one more time. Maybe you invited Jesus into your life many years ago, into the barn of your life many years ago. Then this is a good prayer to remind ourselves of what we did. But maybe you're here today and you came because it was a Christmas service and as I've spoken these simple words, you say, my life is a little bit crazy. My life is not all together. I need this Jesus that you've spoken of, Andy, to be born in the barn of my life today. The good news of Christmas is the moment you pray that prayer from an honest heart, Jesus promises 
not to be born in a barn and laid in a manger. But He will come and not just save you, but come and live inside of you. And I promise you, when Jesus comes to live inside of you, everything begins to change. Would you pray after me this simple prayer this Sunday before Christmas? Thank you, Jesus, for leaving heaven to come to earth. Thank you, you were born in a barn. You died on a cross and you rose from the dead. Thank you that today you look for open hearts that will welcome you in. And just as you were born in a barn, the moment you're received, you're born in the hearts of those who welcome you. I welcome you, Jesus to come into my life to be my saviour to be the centre of my Christmas and the centre of my life I welcome you Jesus my life is now yours just my every eyes closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today and you've never prayed that prayer, maybe you've been away from God, but something drew you today to come back to Him. Maybe you've never prayed a prayer and welcomed Jesus in. Just as I take just a couple more seconds, I want to give you an opportunity. My lights are down. It's not about people seeing you. Every eye closed for your privacy. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus or you've been away from him and today you say, I'm coming back. When I count to three, I'm going to ask you to do one thing as a statement of confession, but that's your decision. I'm going to ask you when I count to three, if you would lift your hand with great boldness and say, yes, I welcome Jesus into my life today. Not religion, not philosophy, the person of Jesus Christ. I welcome him into my life today. As I count to three, if that's you, I want you to lift your hand boldly. One, two, three. Just keep your hand up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Anybody else and you say, come on, I need Jesus, not just this Christmas, but I need him for the rest of my life. Nine. Is there a tenth person today? You say, me too, Andy. Is that a tenth? Number ten's over there. Is there an eleventh person? And you're not joining a church. You're welcoming Jesus into your life. I'm just going to wait a moment. Oh, there's such a beautiful presence of God that's in this room right now. This old sports hall. I just feel the warmth of the presence of a God who loves people. Father, I pray for every hand lifted and every life represented. Holy Spirit, fill their lives this morning. Oh, Jesus, come and move in.
to their lives. Begin to mend anything that's broken. Strengthen anything that's weak. Take away confusion and bring clear thinking. Father, we just speak blessing over these people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Isn't that wonderful?